went to Redcliffe the other day, the heat hung wet around the team, the crowd it rang with screams and groans from yet another good lead blown. And we passed the point of making ace and those mad old buzzers on the greenhouse shriek and flap about burning down the club. And I think about our coach Dave F, how they rolled him in linoleum and they threw him in the lake. With three rounds left to go, we were just outside the eight. And I bellow at the tube, says, and disaster here to stay. And they raised down upon me and washed me all away. So, Papa cut off his mullet, Papa cut off his hair. Papa cut off his mullet, Papa cut off his hair. Well, hair was long, but the lock was hard, and locks fell by the side. Now, Papa cut off his mullet, and it might be time to cry. Break out the pork. Break out the pork. Break out the pork. Hello and welcome to Raiders of You with Blake and the Pork. I'm the Pork. I'm Blake. And I'm Matt. And, uh, we, uh, <laughs> hey. Yeah, yeah. Shut up, Heather. Shut up. <laughs> it's not your turn yet. You're the special guest star. You don't get to talk yet. We are the podcast formerly known as the third most popular Raiders podcast on the internet, brought to you by The Greenhouse, the number one Canberra Raiders fan forum on the internet, as well as the good people at Landspeed records come in and buy your cds your lps your clothes and all your audio technica gear from people who love the camberators as much as you do and if you're listening to this podcast it means you love the camberators because there's only one possible reason you could possibly be listening to the podcast this stage and that's because you love the camberators and although he jumped in early uh, we're also joined by special guest star heather locklear matt hollywood lenevis all the way from the west coast of the united states of america matthew Hey guys, uh, Pork's right. If you are listening to this podcast, then we love you because no, well, you, you love the be, Raiders. You could be listening because you're a fan of another team, like a Brumbies fan or something like that, yeah. and you just want to hear some like sort of yeah. Raiders fans just in you know just in turmoil, really a really bad way. Just, just really hurt. <laughs> well, that's true. That, okay, okay, okay. So if you're listening to this podcast, you either love the Canberra Raiders or you're a small-minded, pathetic troll. Good. <laughs> or one of our that. mothers. <laughs> yeah. So we're going, to talk, we're going to talk about the greenhouse. Well, my mother's a Canberra Raiders supporter. I don't know about you two. My mother hasn't been able to, li- hasn't been able to listen for the last um, few months. Somehow it's gone off her phone and I haven't been able to get up to Sydney to, to, to put it back on her phone. So she's, yeah, she's... That, that's, that's her story. She's about as good, she's about as good with this it? stuff as you are, Paul. <laughs> I, I know how to listen to it. I mean, I don't, but I know how to. That's the important thing. Look... Let, let's roll straight into the show before we start bagging on each other. There'll be plenty of time from that. We got the team in. They've just dropped. Um, and huge news, huge news. Jared Croker is back in the number three jersey with the C next to his name. Huge news. Absolutely huge news, lads. It had to happen. But, I mean, you know, I think that if anyone thinks that he's the, uh, the messiah that's going to come in and save us, um, yeah. I don't hold huge expectations, but look, we need leadership. And especially with Jack White yeah. gone now as well, we need, you know, the effort's been criticised by the players in recent weeks, but I don't think it's entirely, you know, the effort that's been to blame. It's just the 
poor decision making and you know the poor options and we need we need leadership but i think it's it's funny because everyone's so excited that he's back yet probably half the people um were calling for him to be dropped this time last year so i think it shows how how far we've we've dropped in the last 12 months that you know we didn't think yeah he'd... but in saying that if you do if you look at the highlights from the new south wales cup on the weekend he does offer a point of he was on fire you know well i mean he missed a tackle as well but he did get that little flick pass out to his winger and um, you know, we're not necessarily going up against the Jesse Ramians or the Joey Manus this weekend. We're going up against Aaron Shoup and Jake Avarilla, who's a half playing in the centres. So, you know, to have a, a cool head out there in the second half, you know, if we do have a lead, um, it might be really important to the side because at the moment, clearly, um, we're not getting to the, the structures properly and we're not getting to our kicks properly. He's built it's really important for the team. Well, let's look at the teams uh, first off. Um, first off, at number one, we've got CNK back at the back. Um, I think a lot of people would agree with that at this stage. On the wings, we've got uh, Nick Chotrich. On one wing, we've got Jordan Rapiner. On the other wing, in the centres, we have Jared Croker and Matt Timoko. Um, and then in the halves, we have Matt Frawley, the shoe man, coming back at number six. Um, with Brad Schneider at number seven. So that is a well-credentialed halves combination there. Then in the forwards, we have Josh Papali'i uh, with Joseph Tarpanay. And in between them, we have Adam Elliott, who of all the players last week is one of the few... Yes, well, yeah, we'll get to that. Well, yes, as you heard in the intro, Sands Mullet, the mullet is gone. Big statement there from Papa. Um, then we've got Hudson Young retains his spot at number 11. Um, Elliot Whitehead back in the number 12 jersey and Rhino Sutton locking the scrum. On the bench, we have Tom Starling in 14, CHN in 15, Sebastian Chris in 16 and Big Red Corey Horsbury in 17. Harry Rushton will wear the 18 jersey. We're up against the well-credentialed Bulldogs. Uh, and ex-Panther on the wing on one side, Josh Adakar, speedster, did very well last weekend. Thanks very much. Uh, on the other wing, in the halves, we've got, uh, as Heather said, uh, Aaron Shoup and Jake Avarillo. It's Aaron Shop, mate. In the it's halves, we have Matt Burton and Kyle Flanagan. Tim. No, you're Aaron... your Bulldog supporter now, aren't you? It's Aaron Shop. Bulldog supporter it's a... now, Remember, we you? got excited last year because we thought his name was Shoup and we had all the songs lined up. Shoup, Shoup, Diddy, Wadding, Come a Come a Wang Wang. Wang Dang, for God's <laughs> sake. You haven't got me at not knowing the songs. You can't even Tom get Pepper, your early 80s Shoup. crappy songs. Yeah, we've been doing we've been yeah, yeah, that, yeah, we've been doing a bit of hurdle lately. And if it's if it's sort of pre nineteen eighty two, the pork doesn't get it. What do you mean pre nineteen eighty two? Pre nineteen eighty two, I do get it. Post nineteen eighty two is when I've been struggling. Oh, that's what I mean, sorry. Yeah, if it's post nineteen eighty two. Yeah. Okay. In the forwards, they've got Luke Thompson, uh, hot-headed Pom, and Paul Vaughan, ex-Raider, of course, ex-Dragon. Um, Jeremy Marshall King will be the hooker there. Um, we've got Corey Waddell and Tavito Pangai Jr., who actually had a good match last weekend in the second row, with Josh Jackson returning at number 13. Great player. At 14, they've got Bailey Biondi Odo, um, Joe Stimson at 15, Max King in 16, and Ava Suma Fagale, um in the 17 jersey. They have named uh, no 18. They've named Jackson Tapine in the 20 jersey. Um, not sure where the 18 went for them, but there you go. So for us, 
We've see got, a man of a guy. Yeah, see a yeah. man of a guy. Yeah, we've got Elliot Whitehead returning. We've got Jared Croker returning. Uh, we've got Chance, Jack Whiten out Chance and back Semi Valamite out and Chance back in. Yes, that's right. He might play. The referee is going to be Ben Cummins with Chris Sutton on one wing. The senior official is going to be Chris Butler. Don't know who the other touch judge is going to be. But um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting match there, gentlemen. Kieran Irons. Whoever that is, I don't know who that is. Who cares? Right. I was excited yeah, about that. You, you are. Yeah, no, no, it's wonderful. But uh, of course, we we give you the team list uh, for fine sponsor of the show, Jersey's Megastore down there on Iron Knob Street, Fishwick. Also a great sponsor of the Greenhouse. Um, but you know what? It is going to be a huge match this week, and a huge match. And no one feels more that's going to be a huge match than Matt Nable. We go. Six o'clock Friday. Raiders, Bulldogs. What an absolute ball terror this one's gonna be. Ha! Some are calling it the game of the season. Well, I'll go a step further. This could be the game of the fucking century. Ha! Think of some of the greats that have played for these two fine clubs in the recent past. Jake Foster, Brad Abbey, and then you have this bloke, the man the Shield's now named after, Clay Priest. Ha! Couldn't he play? He gave his blood, sweat and tears to both these two fine clubs. And then you have the indomitable Matt Ford. He's still going round, ageing like a fine wine. He just keeps on keeping on. Six o'clock Friday, the Clay Priest Shield, Raiders, Bulldogs coming to Fox League. Don't miss it, it'll be an absolute call. Well, it's hard to build the match up anymore, but I mean, if you really want to build the match up, you've got to go into the extended bench. Who's on the extended bench? And this week we have Emre Guler in the 19, Xavier Savage in the 20, although he's following COVID protocols, apparently got some symptoms, uh, but he's in the 20. We've got Trey Mooney, the 21, Sam Williams, 22, James Schiller, 23, and Peter Holler in the 24. We have had Harry Rushton wearing the 18 jersey. For the Bulldogs, they've got Joshua Cook, 19, Brandon Wakem, 21, Reese Hoffman, 22, Jaden Ockenbort, 23, Paul Alamotti, uh, 24, and Chris Patolo, 25, and they've got Jackson Topine in the 20, who'll be doing the 18th man. I'm going to give that one to the Canberra Raiders. I know that'll take you all by surprise. Absolutely. Uh, I, probably won't, I pro- probably won't argue with you this week. I do want to go back to when you read out the team list, though, Paul. There's a, there's a little hint of... um maybe someone that you think probably shouldn't make the team list. Is, is there someone wearing the, the green number uh, 11 jersey that you thought was lucky to hold on to his spot? Yeah, look, um, Hudson Young can be anything he wants. Not sure what he wants to be. I'm not sure what Hudson wants to be because we know he can be a fine player. He's had lots of big raps on him, but um, 
does he deliver? This is the question. Does Hudson deliver? You know, does he? And and for mine, this is a guy who at this stage could be a break, you know, like a, a game breaker. And to a large extent, mostly, you know, what he seems to be is, you know, some, you know, he's a fine looking man, some eye candy in the replays of watching other people score tries. That's my take. Yeah, look, he's, he's, I, he hasn't had a great season so far, but I don't think he's been the worst player. I mean, the, the thing that he did uh, in the game on the weekend, which is something I think Matt sort of mentioned uh, in the game against the Panthers, where he got the ball and he like ran a million miles an hour and tried to sort of break through the line. And look, like I say, that's not, that's not something that he's, he's not trying. But yeah, it's not the right, it wasn't the right thing to do. And there's that one where he hit the line so hard and then bash him back and he may or may not have fumbled that ball, which was proved pretty costly. But um, yeah, I wouldn't, there's no obvious other, per- I mean, well, Corey Hardaway-Renight is back on the bench again, isn't he? Hmm. Well, I think his impact coming off the bench might be good. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, looking at the list, obviously it brings in a, a you know, account what we saw on the weekend against the Warriors, and there's a few different changes there. You know, you know, Matt Frawley, he's he stepped into the um, the Jack Whiten role where he played last year. He played on the left last year, where Sam Williams played on the right. So I think that might be a pretty natural fit. You know, right he's now we've got, yeah, we've got we've got a left and a right half as opposed yeah. to a dominant half with a five eight playing both sides. And I know Jack roams a little bit, um, but. You know, I think Matt will probably be able to slide in on that left with his left foot kicking and, and Schneider with the right. With The kicking was one of the biggest issues that we had on the weekend. And um, I think we we're on a text thread and and um, the Pork said, okay, let's win it with defence. And then the next set, we kicked it into the corner and we started to tackle all and we gave an offside penalty. But that was the first time we really started to do yeah. that. And um, I also am happy that Chance is back. I know a lot of fans, you know, maybe, maybe we're pretty critical of him because he's not quite up to the stand that he was a year or two ago, and clearly he has some issues under the high ball. You know, playing against Nathan Cleary is very different than playing against maybe most five eights, but or halfback. Matt kicking. Burton's got a, weekend, got a pretty can put up a pretty. That's what I'm saying. Ball. This weekend is yeah. going to be a tough one. Matt Burton's probably got, you know, if not the hardest, the second hardest bomb to get under. And yeah. but you know, the last weekend's game I think proved a number of reasons that Rappen is not not our fullback. I love that he snipes around the ruck and he can be a supporting play, but he can do that from the wing. Yeah, and um, there was a number of times in that game that he wasn't in position when we needed him. Um, if we were going to one side, he wasn't there as the link man. Uh, and it's happened with him on the wing where we've kicked it. You know, I think it was the mm. game against um, the Cowboys where Schneider tried to kick it out to the wing and Rapana wasn't there. But, you know, in this particular game, Rapana, for all of his great work and he's trying to do so much, probably a little too much at times. And then he's gassed in attack, he's gassed in defense. And we saw that. Um, twice, you know, in defence, where once he just tried to throw a hospital pass to Kotrich and then that led to a try. And the other time, you know, albeit a bit of bad luck, but his feet slipped from underneath him and we let in another try. So two two distinct errors that led to 12 points because they kicked both conversions. That was the thing about all the, um, the tries, the Warriors, they basically came off, you know, we gave them to them. It was gifted. Yeah, it wasn't, you know, I mean, yeah. that, was, that was one of the all-time... You know, dogs of a game. I mean, maybe it was, it was, but before we move on to eulogizing, before we move on to eulogizing, yeah, I think it was, but before we move on to um, eulogizing that, well, let's have a look at the strategy of how we might actually attempt to beat the Bulldogs this weekend. So it's time to rip in with Arnie J. 
G'day Raiders fans. We all had a close-up and personal look at a a slow-moving train crash last week and it wasn't good. So let's hope we can turn it around this week. All right, our errors are still way too many, um, but I think we can try and uh, be a bit better with our ball security this week, except it went in the opponent's 30-metre zone where we really need to score. And we don't need to score much. 20 points should be enough to win this game. So put away a lot of the razzle-dazzle and the offloads until we get in the opponent's 30. So who do we need to stop? Well, we need to stop Pangai Jr. He's a big unit and he's strong near the line, so we need to keep a very close eye on him, get up in his face and tackle. Matt Burton and his huge bombs. He sure can give it a roost. Hopefully our fullback and wingers will be under a lot of high balls at training this week. All right, and the final one I've got here is nullifying the Fox. And plenty of teams have done it this year. So we just don't give him any room, don't give him any space, get up and tackle him. So a really simple game plan this week. And it hurts. I'm sure it'll hurt Ricky to go in with such a simple game plan. Score 20, tackle our guts out, and we will win the game. Go, you green machine. Oh, my God. Um, I heard tales that he actually got arrested, and he's actually done that one from from custody because um, he got pulled over, couldn't restrain himself, gave a little lip. Um, So he's had to do that from from inside, uh, you know, the holding cell. Um, we may or may not see him. I don't know how it's going to go. He's got a fair few charges against him. So that may be, you know, Arnie's uh, last instalment for us. So look, we hope he goes well. We might be like uh, releasing a GoFundMe to see if we can get him some sort of uh, representation at a decent level to see if we can actually keep him on the podcast. What's but Chris look, Masters up to? Now it is time to... Uh, Nick Gabar. Nick Gabar. Kamar, we need Gabar is yeah. what we need in order to get him out. Um, it's not his go. Speaking of Nick Gabar, speaking of Nick Gabar, Speaking of Nick Gabar, were we at all surprised that um, Jack didn't decide to fight the charge? Because I would have—I don't know if that was a grade two. No, well, I'm not surprised no... because we don't, we don't, we don't fight them anymore. Um, well, we did, we we did clear... the famous Nick Gabar uh, shoulder charge on Edwards at Leichhardt in 2016. That's probably the last time. Yeah, but it's been—I don't think we've. If, if we look back at the last couple of years, I don't know if we've actually. Um, fought a couple unless it's for a really big game at the end of the year. I, I, I'm, yeah. I've noticed distinctly that Ricky just decides to take the, the heat and then maybe try and talk to the um, NRL behind, you know, behind the scenes. But that was that was awful, mate. That he's been suspended two games for that. That was a fantastic tackle. I have no, I, I have no idea why. Really, it was even a penalty except for an overreaction because of what happened in the game before. Um, with South and Manly, and yeah. I went it happened. Feel good commentary, and I think that, I think it really was knee jerk because of that 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 one but, in Souths versus Manly, which mate, when it happened, he landed on his he landed in the middle yeah, of his back. I, I don't want to I don't want to go down the road of saying it was a good tackle, Matt. But when it happened at the time, I thought oh he could be. I thought he was at the very least going to get sent to the bin, and mm. I thought for a moment they may send him. Yeah, off. I thought he was going to get to the bin as well. They may even send him yep. off in that you know it might be another sort of like magic round style hysteria post the Friday night one, and he and he may get sent off. So I was relieved um, that he stayed on the field, but ultimately yeah, it didn't make a whole lot of difference. Yeah, but but we will we will really like, we will really miss him um, 
We will Ooh, really miss He's him. He's been our best player by far. I know, I know. And the attack, the attack, oh, the attack close. this year is is pretty much it's almost reminiscent of the um, days when um, Milford. When what year was that? Twenty fourteen. When Milford was at the club, yeah, and basically our attack was given to Milford and hope that he'll create something, and quite often yeah. he would. But you know, we're so reliant on Jack at the moment that I really wonder. I mean, we've come up against another team that struggles to score points. But it I could really, actually I be a good thing because we can't rely on him. That we might have to un, you know, uncover yeah. a different way to attack. Like we, I mean, I know ball security became a big issue, but the game before we were, we were leading offloads in the competition, and maybe we need to, if we're going to play that direct style of football again, maybe we need to try and find a few more offloads because we don't have we don't have that strike power out wide. You know, Tomoko hasn't had his best his best game was earlier in the year. Obviously, Valamai is not playing, and now we've got Toots back. It's going to be a little bit of a different attack out there um but the side's definitely got a bit more experience you know if you think we've got jordan back on the wing uh chance back at fullback so and you know, Croker obviously our, our... Croker bringing almost 300 games i reckon he'll be i reckon there'll be a lot of times where the ball goes on the fifth out to croker and he does that that kick through you know if we're in good territory yeah, or that flick yeah that yeah. little kick or that flick yeah yeah Right, and I think that's the case, but I think what we're going to see is a lot of very solid one-out running around and in and around the ruck to really make you know effort that way and really, really try and keep it in there. My major fear is their speed on the wing with Adokar um, is, is a great worry to me because I don't think we've got anyone who can, apart from Xavier Savage, who's not playing, I don't think we've got anyone who can tell it with him. But, you know, last weekend in the Warriors match, the stats tell you, you know, what we knew, right? We had, uh, our completion rate was 70% in the end. They had a 59% completion rate, the Warriors. 59%. Oh, they were horrific. We they had were 54 horrific. to 46% yeah, of the possession, right? 46 to 54. So we had massive more. We had like the ball for 10 more minutes than they did. We, um, through all of that, we made 1,512 run metres. They made 1,174. Uh, we made a n- more line breaks than they did. Um, they had to make 40 more tackles than we did. We missed five fewer tackles than they did. The major thing was we made 18 errors, 18 errors, 18 errors, you know, and and that's, and when you're looking at that, that's why we lost. And in the end, we just absolutely shat the bed and we lost because we knew how to do that. We knew how to lose the match and they just went and went, oh, I know what goes here. And that's what they did. In the last 20 minutes, you could see it. You could absolutely well, I see didn't, them. I didn't actually um, see, I didn't actually see uh, this, the field, the Sean Johnson field goal, because once um, that forward pass went from Starling, I mean, who unfortunately... another forward pass to Corey Horsburgh, I'm going to shoot myself. Yeah, I, it's, they're, they're good for one a game. And as soon as that happened, I stormed out of the room. So I didn't even see... The, the field goal, but, like, every, but everything went that way, you know. Like Schneider dropped that kick, Hudson Young, they said that's when I, that's what I stormed out. I went to the veggie patch getting, when Schneider dropped the kick, you know. Schneider has no right to drop that kick. Uh, Matt Lodge l- laid down and admitted it after the game, which is oh, of know, course he did for a bloke that based, tried to take off had a winner night as jaw with his elbow yeah, two he's, minutes he's, prior. He's, he's got, don't talk too much about him now because I'm, I'm saving him for a popular yeah, but, later you know, segment and, uh, in the show. A certain know, like, segment. All right, yeah. Okay. A lot of Look, refs, but one, one of the things I want... Yeah. No, there was, enough. there was, but the number one reason, in spite of the ref's decisions that went against us, two situations where there should have been tries to us, 
where he called it up, where if he'd let it play on, we would have scored in both occasions and then he could have reviewed. Both mm-hmm. would have been tries. Yes, there were those. There was, um, why didn't Lodge get 10 minutes in the bin when he lifted his bumper? Yeah, you could do all of that. You can look at all those points. There are good points. But even with all of that, the Raiders had so much ball, so much field position, oh, yeah. so much opportunity, and they were not able to put it away. The reason the Raiders lost that is because they were shit. They were utterly mm-hmm utterly pathetic and shit they were it was dreadful attack it was awful defense the ball control was as abysmal as i've ever seen it was awful and even at half time when we were up by eight points all i could think to myself was this is awful this side is playing like a bag of crap but the one thing that really stuck out to me in that in the last 20 minutes when we needed something anything a spark cnk stayed on the bench why yeah, it's crazy yeah I, I mean, care. we were calling for him to be uh, brought on during the game at halftime. I got or... to watch this one live. So, you know, we're obviously texting each other when we're watching it. And that second half is as low as I've seen us play in, I can't remember, maybe 10 years. Like it was as bad. Uh, we were bad and the Warriors were worse and we still lost, which just goes to show you how and we still lost, how l- much confidence we lack. And then when you start to analyze the game and you realize we had, we got gassed in the last 20 minutes and yet we have a player on the bench who didn't even come on, who we were all calling to come on at halftime because everyone who watched that game yep. could tell that Jordan Rappiner was having a, a mare, yeah. you know, and it's he had just, nothing. He, he was gassed. He had nothing in the tank. You and he does a that. Fresh, Jordan, a fresh Jordan runs himself, that back. He runs himself into a mess sometimes. He's just so enthusiastic and he plays at 110%. And sometimes he's just... He runs out of, you know, his petrol tank. And we were just waiting for, you know, Ricky's done that with his outside backs. I don't know whether it's a thing, you know, going back a few years, but he keeps them on the sideline. He keeps them there. For, and I mean, we've got Seb Chris who can play on the edge, but I mean, how many minutes, how confident are you that Seb Chris is going to see more than 15 minutes this weekend? Uh, and th- and that, that, that max, max. And that's an issue for the forwards because they're yeah. tired. You know, yeah. we, we don't have, we don't have, bench forwards that are they're all Adam Elliott's we've got Corey Horsburgh you know who's a great impact player and got an offload but he's not going to be shoring up the middle in defense and I know I look at his stats here and he's his tackle efficiency is pretty decent but we're giving away so many meters because we are tired and our our back three or back five aren't relieving enough pressure in the kick return and then in the run you know the, the blueprint was so clear and it wasn't even that complicated in that Penrith game Penrith, as soon as they their forwards got tired at the end of their 20 or 25-minute stint, each at each phase, their outside backs, their, their back five, took over so many runs in the dummy half that there were times when their forwards didn't even touch the ball in attack. And then yeah. they were ready to bash us in when in defense. But we and were kind of like that. We were kind of like that three or four years ago. We were kind of like that three or four years ago when we had CNK... Rafa, Kotrick, Wall, and then you had... I know, and we've got um, it now, but what, where was Kotrick on the weekend? I know, that and you was, had, and you mean, had I, Leilua as well used to do that, those big carry. And so the forwards, those half the time those sets at our own halves, the forwards wouldn't even really need to touch the ball. You know, they'd sort of well, make it back now, up I don't, even think they, I don't think they have to touch the ball. Penrith, no. they don't touch the ball for half no. the sets. and they're... I know, I know. Well, Kotrick is, is, is a major was... disappointment. Because we said, I said last week, you know, he's got to be making... He should be... 150 metres should be his benchmark. He ran for 70 metres again against the Warriors, which is just not enough. And if the ball doesn't go out to him, he's got to come in the middle and, and look for some carries. And, you know, 
during the week, um, Brad Fittler said that he's still in. It's ridiculous. I don't know why he's saying that. It's the most ridiculous <laughs> thing I've heard. He would be a million miles away from getting selected for the Blues. I wouldn't have picked him yeah, for the yeah, Raiders the word this weekend. There, the word saying. there is... No, no, I wouldn't have either. Um, the word is, though, in regards to Brad Fittler, there's a lot of players, um, a lot of players who are very unimpressed with a certain person who thinks they're a really good call for a centre spot in the blue side. And Fittler's very much against players who act like that player does on the field. And so he's pretty much going to select other because, you know, the New South Wales side doesn't necessarily need to go for, you know, the obviously best person. They can put people around who are fullbacks, you know, or utilities or five eights into the centres. And they don't need to put that person, even if he is a, a form centre, because a lot do of people think to... that person is a dick. Yeah. Do we need, well, to, yeah, do, other, do we need to beat around the bush on this one? I think we all know who you... you're talking about. I think we all know who's talking Crichton, about. Stephen right? Yeah, of course. Of course. But um, but, but also, I, but that, I wouldn't pick Stephen Crichton. I think anyway. Stephen Crichton, Lomax so, and Stags are best. And that's right. But one, anyway. one of the things oh, yeah. is that Talakai. when a lot of people did not have Jack Jack Whiten's back, Freddie Fittler's had his back the entire time. Has brought him in as soon as he possibly could. Put him as a utility. Put yeah. him around the field. I'll, he I'll, likes Jack so Whiten. He I'll, likes I'll, the way he does I'll, it. And I'll when t- Crichton ran up to Whiten at the end of that Penrith match. And after they won, he should have been celebrating and decided the first thing he'd do was go up and give white and crap. A lot of people saw that and went, this isn't the guy we want on our side. No, no you know, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you a couple of things. Number one when we play him again. I'll tell you a couple of things. One was um, when uh, Tedesco got who Jai Arrow whacked him or whatever and he was on the yeah. ground. And it was that. Yeah. So apparently Brad Fittler was really upset that none of his Blues teammates came in to help him when he was getting manhandled by Jairo. And Jack White was the one that came, but he running halfway across the field to get in there and, and help Tedesco. So that's, Brad Fiddler absolutely loves him because of that. And then the relationship with Nick Cottridge goes, because before, when Laurie was still um, the coach of the Blues, Brad Fiddler was the coach of the under-18s and the under-21s or whatever it was. And so yeah. he's worked yeah, with Nick. Tommy Starling. Nick, yeah. yeah, and yeah, he's Murray. had Nick for like five or six years. And so he really he loves Nick as well, which is why he's probably just trying to. He's probably not actually gonna pick him. He's just trying to him, but instill he, some yeah. confidence. Yeah. I just want he's supporting him. He's supporting. But like him. You, he we him. all see Nick, you know, we all see Nick Cottridge, and we all see the photos in the off season. The guy's a weapon. Like he's built like a like not many wingers in the competition, mate. Just we need a bit more of what Hudson Young does in Nick Cottridge. Just run straight and hard, yeah. you know. And we we need a bit more of. I think we need a. a a bit of what you think Hudson Young does in Hudson Young, in my opinion, because I don't see anywhere near as much as you do. Look, someone who has put a lot of thought into uh, exactly why we're losing at the moment is Lord Funkington, and he has a strong point to make. G'day, everyone. Lord Funkington here. Another week wearing that crappy blue jumper. Another disgraceful and embarrassing loss. Another week where people are calling the team the milk. Another disgraceful and embarrassing loss. I don't know how many times I'm going to have to say it. I don't want to say it every week, but I do have to say it every week, and I especially have to say it this week. Ever since we started calling the, the Canberra Raiders the milk again in just in grand final week, we lost the grand final. We were damaged by COVID. We lost all of that personnel, and our record has gone down the toilet. We now have a losing record since 2020, thanks to this year's two and four. No more milk, people. Please stop calling the team the milk. It's bad juju, bad vibes, bad luck bad energy, bad everything. It is so bad for what's happening. And you know what? It sounds fucking stupid too. That's my only thing for this week. I'm going to try and not talk about this next week 
But if it's another disgraceful performance and everyone's still doing up the milk, up the milk, I'm going to have to come back to it. Please, hashtag no more milk. Stop calling the team the milk. It's bad luck. And I totally agree with Lord Funkington. I want to stop calling the side the milk. We're not the stinking milk. We're not, We're not. the milk. Off. Stop using it. We're not the milk. We are the Raiders. We are the Green Michelle. The milk's off. It's out. And get rid of the blue out of the jumpers. If anyone the ever song drinks says that green it, milk. Don't want no blue. It says it in the song. Don't want no blue. Get the blue out of the jersey. Stop calling it the freaking milk. And perhaps we'll, we'll, we'll change this around here. But, Blake, there's something that's made you quite irritated, I believe, and it's made you go, on the burst. Well, the things that have upset me um, during coming out of the game on the week and, and, and sort of on Saturday and, and Sunday is um, – how much of the blame for the poor performances uh, have been put entirely on the playing squad? And it's come, first of all, it's, it's come from Ricky at the press conference. Uh, and then like, if you, I watched Ricky's press conference and uh, then I watched after the Roosters, you know, had a very disappointing loss to our opponents this week, the Bulldogs. I watched um, Robbo's press conference. Now Robbo's press conference after the, the, the Roosters who haven't been going that great of late, um, basically said, you know, things aren't quite right, but hey, I'm the coach and it's my job to fix it and make sure that we do start playing better and better as a team. That's not the approach that Ricky's taken. He's sort of defended the team, but now he's sort of throwing them under the bus. And then for the chief executive in Don Ferner then to sort of come out the next day and back that up and say that the players are disgraced and everything else, I just don't think it's right. I think it's not the way you go about things. I mean, you, Tim, are always saying that, you know, they don't, buddy piss inside the tent the Raiders aren't about that well that's what they're doing they're pissing on the players in the tent and like I said even if you look at that game against the Warriors there's a couple of people you could maybe say aren't giving 100% but for most of them you know Jordan Rafferty case in point it's not that he's not trying it's just that he's making poor options and maybe they you know you look at the way we're playing we just seem lost and directionless so Maybe it's as much as the, the coaching and the game plan is, is to blame as purely as blaming the players. That's my concern. And I, I think, you know, you want to attract players. You know, you, you want players to want to come and play for this club. Well, when the chief executive is bagging the players, I don't think that really helps. I mean, and this all sort of comes on the back of, you know, last 18 months that have been pretty ugly. We've had, you know, first of all, George Williams sort of go out saying that, you know, he didn't like the way he was treated at the club. And then, you know, Curtis Scott, which will take, it's like more of a grain of salt. But yeah, it's, it's, it concerns me. I think we can take both of them with a grain of salt, all this, to be honest. It concerns me. Yeah, I think we can take both with a grain it of salt. Me one of them was trying to manipulate through I, his I, manager. I, think... I, I, don't know, I, I, I see what you're saying, mate, because I mean, there's, there's a whole lot to unpack with that comment, I guess. And I'll try to be quick because I know Tim, you know, I know Paul's got a lot to say as well. I, you know, I, I've hated Robert my whole life. Uh, you know, going back to the game that we played him at Bruce Stadium there and, and Robert decided in the um, week leading up to talk about our attack, you know, and he, and he, he had so his shots at the bow at Ricky. And, and then, you know, during the grand final, the Raiders and Ricky opened up to the community, went to every single media um, opportunity and, and Robert did nothing, you know, but I have to admit, um, I do like the way that he approaches the media, you know, and Ricky just might not be as savvy. I do like the way that Robbo speaks when it comes to his structures and, he speaks about his players in a certain way, um, but I think there's a lot of there's a lot there's a lot to address, and it's not just about Ricky and and you know and the CEO and and the way that they are dealing with the squad. I think it's it's a really 
it's a really simple way to look at it just by saying it's not just the players and it's also Ricky. There's, there's so much to unpack when it looks to the way that we want to play. If you think, I was just thinking about this on the weekend. Not only have we lost our hooker and our half, we also sold our our hook, our reserve hooker from last year. How much you think about this? How much do we miss Havili? Yeah. Well, last year wasn't his. Well, Havili would make such a difference. Wasn't his best year. Yep. But yeah, I was watching South play on the weekend. I was thinking to have him right now would be absolutely gold. Mate, absolute ideal, you know. And then and you, you think about we're trying to transition into a, a new younger halves pairing, but we haven't had too much reserve grade over the last two years. You know, there's, there's a lot there that, 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 that falls into this complex issue that is the Raiders two and seven in their season. And, and, but I, I know what you mean. Like there seems to be a little less blame, um, maybe pointed at the coach and, um, and, and Don Ferner. But I guess the, the one thing that, we already spoke about was the bench rotation. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think Ricky is a protected species. You know, I get a couple of the people on Fox sports, maybe don't attack him. James Hooper had a good crack last night, but every single fan that I know, that's not a fan of the Raiders. Every second text message I get is sack Ricky, sack Ricky, sack Ricky, sack Ricky. And they're not all from and me. I, I, <laughs> and I, I, I just send those ones to I, Paul because I know it upsets him so much. I think he's done so much for this club. And I, I think he just, I think it's one of those things where, you know, he, he really tries to believe in the players and instill in the... I, I honestly believe this. I really feel like he invests so much emotion into the players that, you know, maybe sometimes they're ready to be dropped a week or two earlier and he won't do that. And then he's kind of fed up when it gets to the point where what happens on the weekend, you know? Yeah. No but, one ever gets, no one gets dropped, that, though, know, Matt. They pick up injuries like Semi's got this week. Oh, I've got a Semi. But, um, you know, Klukstar got dropped. Jerry Croker is... A club hero, you know, our second, our greatest or second greatest center of all time, you know, like Mal Meninga and then her is our, is he our second best center of all time? So it's, you know, he's pretty much, yeah. he hasn't played all year. So it's, I don't know, it's, it's a really complex issue that I, I've been thinking about as well. And oh, there's no, um, there's no, there's no, there's no magic bullet, you know, there's people out there saying Ricky should be sacked. And I would just like to point out, I'm not one of them. I'm not saying that he should be sacked. But I think that at the same time, there's there's other people who don't tolerate any criticism of him whatsoever. Look at you, Tim. And um, yeah. I, I think I think he's he's worthy of criticism. I think he's made done some really odd things. But, he's had some odd, you know. But I, th- I also think yeah, Ricky yeah, falls look. in between two things, right? He's 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 a he's an ex player who's the greatest ex player coaching today. There's no player that's played the game. So he has this awe about him, which we all respect. I mean, he was such an amazing halfback, but he's part player. He's part, you know, tactician also part, yeah. probably but also passionate too, coach. This is part, my, my point. Like person manager. Like My point is always the yeah. best players don't necessarily make the best coaches. Do they look at Robert? Pretty average player. Look at Craig. Bellamy, not, pretty average that's a player. cliche, but then also like we've got, we've got different coaches. We've got Craig Bellamy who, you know, Journeyman. He, he supposedly uh, the Raiders, creates but... his game plan around, no, but he creates his game plan around players, but then also has incredible amount of research on the opponents where you've got someone like, it, it's, it looks like um, at Penrith or maybe even Robbo who has a real strict structure. You know, Robbo has now for the first time in a while had to readjust the way that he's coaching his side and it's not working. So I don't the thing know. About the thing about the Roosters is, it's hard about the Roosters is every five years they have one of these years. And it's a bit of a transition and it's yeah, a bit but, of a reset. And maybe the some of the forwards are... are uh, aging and they've got to turn over some of the forwards and then, you know, some of the, the halves 
like Sam Walker, they're still developing. But even if they don't have a yeah, great, mate, even that, if they that, don't have a great, a, that's year. a club who also has. There's also a club that has never had any issue recruiting. Yeah. You know, they signed Cooper Cronk. They signed um, the Cheese. You know, it's yeah. we sign players and then they flip. It's not as easy. In no, I know. I know. And to have a, I guess to have a, an icon. And so you have in the to get in a like coach Ricky, if you're going to replace him. But to have an icon like Ricky, we can attract some some high quality. But what players. I'm saying, like how to what I'm Knight saying up. is that I think that in in you know, recent events, we Ricky is not in the same position to attract players that he was two or three years ago. I think he might be. My, my issue with Ricky is I don't think he's as quick to move. Maybe that's loyalty. He's not as quick to to make decisions either during the game or during season you know i think he's really set on like developing structures in the off season and then once the game kicks off we're all looking at halftime knowing on the weekend that rap and it needed to be dragged and he didn't put on nika Kluckstar. so we all start to hypothesize about whether there's loyalties or his mates in the team or whether he's trying to prove a point to a player or drop a player and you know maybe he's trying to do it because he's trying to protect the players or trying to actually impassion them and give them a chance because you know he knows that our oh, ghoul is out of form but he could get back with another game. And then Gaul has another bad game. So we're all like, Ricky, why aren't you dropping him? You know, there's, there's so much going on in that club that it really cannot be easy. And when you, when your leaders aren't playing well and they're not, you know, um, there's a couple of players that aren't up, aren't really up to what, you know, their pay packet is. And I mean, there's a few things in the, the team list this weekend that I would change. I, I would, I wouldn't have, um, Tarpany and, and Papali starting. I'd have one of them off the bench. Yeah. I'll probably have Papa Lee come off the bench because yeah. there's something not well, right at the moment. Well, we, we might we might see that. Um, but you think someone might come off the extended bench? Being in the warmer climbs. <laughs> no, no, but I, I do think certain people might go into the front row rotation. Yeah. Um, but look, the, the thing is, yes, I hear what you're saying about Ricky and Don. And, and sometimes, you know, like as much as a zealot I am and I'm rusted on, they're going to make things that aren't necessarily, you know, every post is not going to be a winner. But the issue is the team that, that, that sticks together and sticks behind their people is far more likely to get in less trouble or ride out bad times than the side that slags off left, right and centre starts trying to burn the house down. I'm not saying everything's wonderful. I don't think everything is wonderful. I'm pissed off about the way things are going. I was absolutely furious about our, our, our performance on the weekend. But the issue is us ripping out our side down isn't going to help that situation. People know what's going on in that area. And if I'm going to add my voice to, you know, the hysteria that's going on at the moment, it doesn't help anything. Yeah. The number one thing that does help is, is trying to add some sort of calm and some sort of focus because that's what gets a team back into results and gets things smooth sailing and keeps the jackals and the media away which is a really important thing if we're going to try and attract more yeah, players. So, yes, so you I mean, are currently... We are only two, we are only two wins outside yeah. the top six. Well, I, I can't, I, you know... Hey, I've got a semi. <laughs> the fact that we're going in against against the Bulldogs, you know, the worst team of the last four or five years, we're playing at home, and I'm not even remotely confident that we're going to win this game. Says a lot about sort of the predicament yeah. that we're in and, you know, how far, how far we've got to go. Tim, you're currently in, in COVID uh, quarantine. What day do you get out? What day do I you get am. out? Uh, I will be out next so Monday. So you won't be at the game on Friday? I Well, if I'm at the game on Friday, okay, I'm breaking so, the so law. So no, I won't be. Has the ABC, Where's your press yeah, has the ABC lined up someone to do sideline? Because I am available. 
first thing? Yeah, no, I think they want someone good, Blake. I reckon Blake yeah, I'll do, do it. it. I'll do it. And and secondly, can I take your press pass then and attend the post-match media conference? Because I don't know if you guys heard. Um, that, the, the I did. I absolutely did. There was some dude from a podcast there. I'm from the sixth tackle <laughs> yeah. podcast, and you could just see the look on Ricky and Jack's face. We're like, what the? Because I, I would love this? to take your to press pass and and attend the conference. Say hi, it's Blake. Blake here from Blake and the Pork, formerly the third most popular Canberra Raiders podcast. You'd get shouted out. You have to say Blake from the ABC, but it, I, I have I have a couple of mates that do ask questions like when they go to Townsville and stuff, and you do it. It, it gets a little rural in certain places, but I noticed that that question at Redcliffe was insane. And and poor Ricky, that's yeah, well, as flat but, as I've seen. I actually wasn't too disappointed in that um, press conference. We've seen him, you know, bear some teeth and fangs yeah. and claws or whatever you want to say. And that one, he was just it's. It's, it's a lost. weird, it's a weird, isn't it? It's a weird sort of masochistic thing that like you're so deflated after watching one of those games. And then I kind of think like, oh, press conference will be on in about 15 minutes. I'll, I'll check that out as well. Because you want to see what was Ricky as, does. That was as poor a performance as we've seen for a decade, guys. Like, honestly, the, the mistakes. Yeah, the it was. Of, and, yeah. and bring you to that for, you know, bring in for our, our great sponsor, Raiders Plumbing, because if you want us and you want crack, you got to go to Raiders Plumbing, and they might even fix your plumbing. Um, it's now time for Ask Cloud of the Week. And I'm going to start off. I, I'm going to give my Ask Cloud of the Week to none other than uh, last year's Raiders review with Blake and the Pork, player of the season, Jordan Rapiner. Um, oh, mate. It's fine. Like, when the kick no, came kick through, him. fell over and they scored a try. I'm not getting up in from that. People, people fall over. That crap happens. It was unfortunate. But throwing the worst ball in the world inside to um, he still could have caught it. Nick he Kodrich. still could have caught it. I mean, it bounced up right into his he red could have, but, but Nick doesn't have good hands. It was hands, a dreadful but... pass. It shouldn't have been thrown. He had to turn around. Even if he did a rotten, he had to keep the his hand on the ball. You know, the ball in his hand and just run the damn thing. He had to do that. He didn't do it, and as a result, we gave him a try. And in a match which was basically won by a damn point. It made a difference. So he's my you're a disgrace, of the Pork. Week, Blake, you're a disgrace. Yours. Giving Geordie raps. No one. My biggest issue. You're, you're, a, you're a stinking yeah, disgrace. No. My biggest issue with Jordan on the weekend was how often he was out of position at fullback and not in defense, in attack. We couldn't hit our structures. We couldn't hit our points because he was just, he, was, he wasn't where we needed him to sweep plays to the left. It was, it was a big issue. And, and Jack had to take over and kind of, <laughs> Just run it himself a couple of times. Joy, look, Jordy's um, a bit of a headless but, chook at times, yeah, but you can't fault his effort. And for you to make him your ass clown, I think that's despicable. And it's something you see. This is what I expect from you. This no, it's not despicable. This comes on after setting Xavier Savage up with that bloody run when he went <laughs> to touch. Regardless of how Ricky defended it, he did it the week before when he should have run it, and he did it again where he should have run it. Run the damn ball, and if you can't run Get off the, the ball, field. Jordan. If you're too old, if you're out of it, get off the damn field. Well, who's your ass? It's your job to run the damn ball. My, my ass clown is is the wonderful Matt Lodge for staying down and milking that penalty. Oh, look, I know their coach do it, and I know you know uh, it's it's a professional game, and you know he he got the result he won for his team. But I thought it was just ridiculous. Um, you know, for the well, that should be really on the 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 the. the yeah, bunker, it's the bunker. Was... It's the bunker because the bunker should only intervene and give it a penalty. Because this was the whole rule with the whole thing about players staying down and trying to get penalties from the bunker. It was decided that the bunker could only intervene and blow a penalty 
if it's a reportable offence. Now, the fact that that was deemed a reportable offence, so yeah, forget about Matt Lodge. The ass clown is whoever was in the bunker. Who was in the bunker on that day? Steve Chitty? Smells like up. Ashley Klein, yeah. but I don't Anyway. Know. <coughs> I was Steve Chitty. It's the person yeah, that was in the bunker. Right. Because how you could possibly deem that to be a reportable offence? I mean, not too surprisingly, there were no charges coming out of that report. I mean, do you think they've ever dismissed a report quicker than that one? And then the other thing that got to me, well, then if he's going to stay down like that, surely he has to go off for a HIA as well. So, I mean, there are, there are two already two built-in rules to deter people from staying down. Yeah, but rugby league's run by a bunch of clowns who are blind and, yep. you know, just pulling rules out of a and hat. And care I about mean, the rules that, or consistency. That, was a, so, I, that whole game was a bombathon. My my ask clown, um, uh, it's it's a good one. It's it's one who probably could be an ask clown every single week. It's Phil Gould, and the the commentary or commentary around the Carl Lawton tackle on Cam Murray on Channel Nine was deplorable. Oh. It was as bad as it gets. It was as awful as I've ever heard supposed experts talk about a tackle that you know could end someone's career. They, they, they spoke of, oh, you know, it was just the momentum and Murray ran into him and he's not, you know, he's not injured. So it's kind of play on. The fact that we still debate um, any punishment in relation to the, how equal the injury could, uh, is, is absurd. It's like medieval type times uh, analysis. The, Okay, we're talking about a guy being sent off for 70-something minutes of a game. But if Cameron Murray happens to turn his neck a certain different way, his career's over. Yeah. And it's not just about one game that we forget about in two years. It's about one of the greatest players. Yet, you know, Phil Gould comes on. He's like, there was nothing really in it. And, and Channel um, Foxtel and Paul Kent managed to pull up some old Phil Gould footage on a Brad Fittler tackle that proved the hypocrisy of those guys. And the fact that we just continually yeah, give yeah, voice uh, to these, you know, supposed experts just bothers me because it, it, it constantly perpetuates the amateur hour in our sport. You know, when you've got Vlanders li listening to someone like Phil Gould, when you've got the refereeing, the standards aren't being set high enough. And now they, we don't need to have more money in the game. We don't need to have more, um, eyeballs watching the game to have a high standard of commentary and a high standard of refereeing. The rules just need to be clearer and they, not, they don't need to be reactionary. And we have a rugby league board and a bunch of commentators that are all seem to be part of the Sydney's boys club because of channel nine and Ginjal from back in the day that it's, it just bothers me, man. And, and that, that, that could have, you know, really hurt um, Cameron Murray. And then ultimately you know, it's just a sport, but you know, we're, we're missing our best player this weekend because I think channel nine commentators said some stupid shit. So everyone was like, Oh, we need to really clam down on this. It's just, it's just, a, it's a joke. Yeah. It's, it, the, the, the they are going back to your ask clan, Blake. Um, the other thing that goes with me with lodge. And at the time I didn't think, I remember looking at it thinking, yeah, no, he had his bumpers up. Lodge had his bumpers up and he got, I've forgotten which Raiders player Lodge got in the face HN. with his elbow. How do we deny it? Is it CHN? Yeah. Now, I remember I at the moment, at that point, I wanted how to win a Nida to go down and stay down. But he didn't. He got straight yeah. back up. And if he'd gone down and stayed down, in fact, if he went down and stayed down for a decent period of time, 
Lodge might have been in big trouble there if he'd he actually would've. gone down and gone, I've been hit in the head and stayed down. Lodge might have gone for 10 and he might have even got sent off, but CA10 Lodge, didn't go down. Yeah. He did stay it, down. He got straight back up and we got no benefit out of him being honourable, whereas they, they got benefit got the penalty, out of, of Lodge being dishonourable. We got the penalty. No, no, they, they got the penalty. We but got the no, we got the penalty, but he we went did. on a report, didn't he? But they got the penalty because they said the first. Yeah, you got a fine. You got a thousand dollar fine. But they got the penalty. We definitely got the penalty. The hand on the face. We definitely got the penalty. They blew the penalty and said Joe Tarpany. You put his hand on him in the face. That's what started it. Was that yeah. a different one? And had a had a night and we would lodge And it wasn't Tarpany's hand. It was um, Papa's hand anyway. And they said, "What about the eye gouge? Was that a completely different one? Maybe that was a completely different one." Now the commentators said there was an eye gouge. Pretty sure we got penalty for that. I was actually no. You know who said it was the eye gouge? A little bit out. It was um the hooker. What's his name with with Mo? It was the hooker. Yeah, Wade Wade Egan. And and how do we know? He's lucky he's not so. But some some someone who has been a little bit out of touch at the moment for one reason or another is uh, Danny Stewart. But uh, he's got back in touch with us. Yeah, this is Danny Stewart. The uh, half brother of a uh, Canberra Raiders coach, Ricky Stewart. <clears throat> uh, well, unfortunately or fortunately, however way you want to look at it, I uh, uh, missed the uh, most of that game against the Warriors last Saturday. Uh, I uh, actually had a uh, lacrosse tournament to play, so I had to leave early, and I uh, pretty much missed the entire second half of that one. <clears throat> uh, though when I saw the scoreline, I was uh, pretty relieved with what I saw. Uh, uh, half-time leading 20-12 to 12. with our second-half fade-outs this year. I thought we were probably going to get done by 30, but it was a uh, gutsy performance to uh, stretch that great Warriors team the golden point, and I uh, expressed these sentiments to Rick uh, via a texter after the game. <coughs> uh, I sent Rick a texter that simply said, uh, great fight shown by the boys. Uh, we showed a lot of heart there, but uh, you can't win them all. <coughs> uh, four days on, and I... Uh, still haven't received the reply from Rick. So, uh, look, he still might have the shits with me, but, uh, uh, look, he's been under a bit of pressure lately, so uh, I think we've got to cut him some slack. <coughs> uh, now, as for the game against the Doggies on Friday, uh, pumped for that one. Uh, it should be an absolute cracker. <coughs> uh, I'll never forget the uh, game up in uh, Brisbane last year for Magic Round against the Doggies, uh, uh, where we came from the clouds in the last five or ten minutes to... Uh, Snatch that one away from the doggies with a bit of a uh, Kayla Bacon's magic. So uh, and that was a bit of a uh, turning point in our season last year as well. And we managed to uh, catapult up the table and finish 10th. So uh, <clears throat> uh, hopefully we can uh, have something similar here on Friday. A uh, bit of BATB going our way. Uh, we're due for a bit of that. And uh, who knows, we might be able to uh, cause, cause a boil over, uh, over the mighty doggies. <clears throat> uh, so uh, we'll see what happens in that one and uh, go you green machine yeah well you can see why it's hard for him you know him and Rick are a little bit out of touch with each other at the moment you know what that's like that, get, you know back inside the tent fairly you soon. know what that's like when Rick doesn't start, Mate, stops returning your texts you know what that's like and you, look he's Rick is forgiving Danny's right because he, he gave you Tim I've got Rick's phone number here too. Should we both just text Rick and see who he texts back first? The the, the horrible things. Look, you know, but it's one of those things that really makes me angry. In fact, it might say it grinds my gears. And do you know what grinds my gears? Do you know what grinds my gears? You're not leaving a long enough gap. You're not leaving a long enough gap in the, the, the grinds my gears part for me to edit in Peter Griffin. That's what grinds my gears. 
You just do it again. Just All right. Well, no. put it in so somewhere. I'm, sh- I'm sure you... Uh... You know what grinds my gears? Oh, I'll just say, fuck you. Um, you know, there's been many things that have made me mad. In fact, you might say they grind my gears. You know what really grinds my gears? And you know what grinds my gears, Blarko? Do you know what grinds my gears? For everything we said about the the Warriors' loss and, you know, the things that went against us and the things that they'd gone for us, because we literally, we needed two more points to win that match. We needed a try, a penalty goal, whatever, and we win the match. That's not the issue. What grinds my gears is that within that, there were still people trying to say that we lost that match because of bad decisions. And we didn't. We lost that match because we were crap. You know, we lost that match because we were crap. I, I have got ads so many times where people say, oh, no, you lost it because you weren't good enough. And I say, no, but if we got this decision and that decision, whatever, I'm not sure how much more the Raiders needed to have presented to them in order to win that match. But they had everything presented and they did not win it because they were crap. And people coming out and saying, and, and, and just trying to get me worked up about the lodge staying down or whatever. It's like, no, nah, we lost that match because we weren't, good enough regardless of all the other stuff we had enough to win the match we did we weren't good Facebook. enough we were not good enough and it grinds my gears blake it grinds my gears i did i said it on twitter i said it loud and clear but now we've got to figure out who's got a lift you're still pathetic that's pretty good uh, it's the, mate, the timing team. of overseas, I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm confused with the who. I try <laughs> to come in early, and now it's just like an owl. It's got, it. it's got to come yeah. in. It's got to go in that deep sea cable. Look, he does. So look, the, it's the whole team. The whole team has to lift. I can't think. Oh, maybe Adam Elliott had a decent match. Maybe yeah. he doesn't have to lift. But everyone else does. Everyone else. There was not. There's not a player that I can see on our side or the extended bench that I think, gee, you better have a big one because right now I'm looking at who is magically going overseas to England and not coming back in the off season. You know, who's, Seb Chris? you know, going Does Seb Chris have to lift? Seb Chris hasn't played I, I, every, six weeks. Does Seb Chris have to lift? If he gets on the field, he has to lift. <laughs> he has to lift because at the moment, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm riding off, you know, any right until, you know, Halftime last week, I still thought we could make the finals, right? I still thought I didn't think we'd do anything. It's in the been finals, it's been a dramatic fall, you know. Two weeks ago we were top four, then last week we were top eight. No, I'm yeah, still yeah, there. No, now now I'm just finals. doing it. But what no. I, yeah. I can't, I, what I, I look, see, I look what at I want to see is some freaking effort. I look at the teams that we're coming up against. Like I say, if we, I will be surprised if we beat the Bulldogs. I mean, I, I don't know when. It, I, you know, there's there's no team. I look forward to you being surprised this weekend. Um, my who's got a lift is the back three slash back five. I, I feel like Tarpany and and um, Papali'i are putting some pretty serious efforts. I get, you know, we probably want them to run a bit more direct or to have, you know, a little bit more impact with some offloading. And, you know, we our, outs, our edge back rowers aren't necessarily playing that well. But what's really going to help us is, is Kotrich, Rapana, Novalamai's not there, but now Tomoko um, putting in a little bit more effort with our carrybacks. We we need we need more. Like is, is Kotrich breaking a sweat in these games? Like I'm sorry, but but I'll look at some other wingers yeah. and they're and they're they're, really they're, they're, taking they're hungry and they're young and they're on less money, a whole lot less money than he is. Um, oh yeah, and maybe that's it. Maybe they need to be on less. Yeah, money. but but charts um again, you know, prior to getting dropped. He wasn't making the, the, the metres this year. hasn't been making the metres back that he used to make as well. I mean, he used to be so good every set. 
heating the ball yeah. up. But he was never the first carry. He was the second or the third. Yeah. So we need we need the bigger wingers to be able to take that second and third carry, whether that's Kotrich, then Rapiner, you know, and Valamai if he was on the wing. Um, Tomoko's really direct runner. So, you know, and obviously we, I love watching J- Jared try and run straight and then get bashed but they you know, you know they have they have that, a plan so. like he one thing i noticed last year when he was playing is he's actually trying to hit his front straight away because they mm. if there's yep. someone that that other teams it'll happen again this week super coach um phil gould who's officially coaching the bulldogs this week will say if jared croker tries to take a run and he'll only try and take about two hold him hold up. him up and drive him back or hold him up and throw him over the sideline because, I mean, yeah. like I say, well, there's look, more players you know, getting so, thrown over the sidelines this year than, than any other year. And, you know, we got to avoid that at all costs. Yeah. Well, there, there's been there's a few divisive people, as you know, on our, on this, this particular podcast, but none are more divisive than the shark. Hi, it's me, your friend John. Back with another edition of Shark Attack. Yeah. And guess what? I feel great. After the game on Saturday, I left the pub and I decided that I was going to either drive my car off a bridge and drown in a river and die. Me, dead, not living anymore. Or I was going to go to the doctor and get some happy pills. Well, you'll be happy to hear that I did the latter and now everything is great. Everything's fine. It all feels good under the haze of pharmaceutical drugs. Everything's beautiful. I really have a great feeling about this Friday night's game at Canberra Stadium against the Canterbury Bulldogs. I think the Raiders might win the game. Go team! Now John usually does a music pick when he does these things. So here's my pick for the week. Because everything is so good, we're going to listen to the album Out of Time by R.E.M. with the song Shiny Happy People. Well, I'm not sure what happened at the end there. I, I'm certainly hoping that the uh, the shark was fairly reasonable in how he uh, went, you know, went about. It, it's good to hear him fairly He's cheerful. Happy. I've never heard him sound um, so happy. You know, just remember, people, it's just a game, and if and if you're ever feeling depressed or lower down, there are people you can talk to out there, and you probably should. So yeah. we take mental health yeah. very send, seriously send, send here the at Radio Blake and the Pork, don't we? Send the Pork a DM, and he'll block you. Send the pork a DM, ring up Lifeline, you know, I will, I'll block you. Um, but you, you blocked know, before anyone this I week? Uh, give you some crap first, oh, I'm sure I blocked a few people. The, uh, Lord Funkington keeps telling me that I should mute people rather than block them, but I, I, I just don't have any interest in, in muting. I, I prefer to block people. Print it on a pineapple. If you can't say what you think, well, whatever. I mean, I'm still surprised the Green Machine pod people are speaking to me, but, you know, there you go. They are a robust unit. I'll give them that. Um, but, you know, in spite of everything that's going on, there are, in fact, reasons to be cheerful. Reasons to be cheerful. Part three. And uh, look, first reason to be cheerful is that Newcastle Knights may just be worse than us. 
I'm not convinced of it yet, but they may just be worse than us. Um, yeah, the Warriors are worse than us, mate. That was just a, a an unlucky well, mishap. They've got the two points, so they can't be worse than us because they've got it. Uh, yeah. We can stop That's now as supporters burdening ourselves with any expectations for the seasons. That's good. You know, being able to unburden ourselves for expectations. That's always good for a laugh. Um, and last, we can now play the kids and get Jared to 300. So I'm ultimately, like, that. you know, um, so those are definite reasons to be cheerful. Blake, yeah, you well, got any reasons I'm to be just, cheerful? Just this whole getting Jared to 300 is not real. I mean, if he gets 300, great. You know, I'm happy for him. But sort of basing our fortunes or our development or anything else around uh, accommodating him to get 300, no, I'm not a fan of. And I don't think it, I don't think it should be a priority. You know, you're not you're not cheerful about that. If the, if that's Matthew, are you cheerful about anything? Yeah, I'm cheerful about my kids. Hang on, I'm still after, trying to find. I'm trying to find this the tweet that uh, came in during last week, <coughs> and this actually made me quite cheerful. I'm just gonna talk amongst yourselves. I'm just gonna find it. So, yeah, what you should know here at, uh, at Raiders, uh, Raiders Review with Blake and the Porklets is the thing that really makes Blarko cheerful is when someone lays the boot into one of his uh, colleagues <laughs> on this podcast. Nothing makes him happier when someone lays shit at the door of someone he's with. He thinks that's just the best. And that's the sort of bloke we're dealing with here with Blake. Um, what he really loves is people laying okay. into each other. He thinks it's fantastic. Simo, okay, um, Pie Man 1987. Blake and the Pork, just have to point out that we declined as soon as John Sharkey III came on board and have fallen off a cliff with the addition of Hollywood Matt Neves. It was pretty clear from Ricky's presser he's aware of it too. So it is, he does, he does make, he does make right, a fair man. point there. Because, you know, you, you look, when it was just me and the Pork, it was, it was the golden years. And now, look, we're just going. Oh, the golden years, right. I've been following the Raiders since long before the Pie Man's followed the Raiders. And I need to talk to you, Pie Man. You're picking on two lads from Canberra, from 2902. We're going to come after you, young mate, and we're going to shiv you, and we're going to stick you on a giant flagpole and put it up at the Canberra pool, and then the Raiders are going to resurrect because, Pie Man, we need to stick thin. Okay, I'm about to wind my window open. Sorry, Blake, but you're going to have to get the bleeps out. Is Pie He's going to do it. There's no stopping him. <laughs> Raiders by 56. Yeah, the other thing I was thinking actually was the, the sort of the, the failing fortunes of the Raiders not only coincide with the arrival of, of John Sharkey and, and Matt Lanevis. I mean, I think that the, the rot had already set in. It, it pretty much started when they opened the um, high-performance Center, the new center of excellence in Braddon. Let's not even indulge with this bullshit that's, that's, conversation. And, and Jesus yeah, there was Christ, there man. was something fairly significant that happened around that opening of that of that of that center. You you remember Fork? We didn't get invited. We didn't get invited. Uh, you such didn't get invited. You are we didn't such get invited. a shitster. Did we, Fork? No, you I got invited. You I just didn't get invited. You said that you didn't. I certainly didn't get invited. You didn't get invited either. When I told you that um, the Raiders drummer, Raider Nick, and who else? And GE all got invited and you didn't. You were livid. You were absolutely livid. So I think that, yeah, I think that the Raiders Center of Excellence could be the problem. Once more, it's putting words into my mouth. But good news, all of you Raiders and review with Blake and the Porkless out there, we do have the competition coming out. Oh, now I should point out that Pie Man. Was Blake's listener of no, the week? Is that no, not no, correct? 
No, oh, no, my no, God. No. Well, who's your listener of the week? This week is Dennis Davey. Dennis is a great Raiders fan. He came in. He bought a uh, Ask Clown beanie, one of the, the last remaining Ask Clown beanies. He came in. He picked it up from Lance Speed. He lives in Canberra. Uh, I didn't speak to him, but he spoke to my brother. And he just said he was a huge fan of the show. And it was, in fact, his brother that put him onto it. So shout out to Dennis's brother as well. Thanks for your support, guys. Keep on listening. And, uh, yeah, enter this competition. Now, we do have one, one Blake and the Raiders review with Blake and the Pork Beanie left. That's the last one because we're not going to make another row, are we? And you haven't even saved me one, have you, Blake? No, right. I so already sent yours to one, Matt. Which I find highly ironic. I already sent yours to Matt. Yeah, I know. I gave mine up to Matt. Yeah, so hopefully you know whose beanie you've got there, Lenevez. got my beanie. Yeah, I gave it knows. to you. Yeah, heaven knows. That's very good. Okay, but it I is... Decided we could, I decided we could give we could give yours up when I said to you, are you going to wear it on the sideline in games? And you said you you, you wouldn't. You're a few. I'm not allowed to. I'm not allowed to wear anything that identifies. It's a, it's a It says there's way. nothing that any, says Canberra Raiders on that right. beanie. Yeah, it has the colours. It doesn't matter. Trust me, I wouldn't be allowed to wear it. Look, the Raiders review with Blake and the Port competition for 2022. It's a big one. And you have got to represent or show on social media or even get it on TV or whatever your Raiders review, Blake and the Port merchandise or your favourite uh, taglines in public and get us evidence and send it to us. So, you know, you might get Raiders by 56 behind a press conference. You may get Ask Clown or your Beanie. Um, in a picture, or you may get someone to wear it, and then you you, you when send I go it to, to when us, I go to the press we conference, are going to be naming the best ones. When I go to the press conference on Friday, I'll wear my Ask Clown beanie. Right, right. Well, I might see if I can get Ricky to wear an Ask Clown beanie if I had one, but I don't have one, so I can't do it. Um, but whatever, that's that's your challenge. You need to get your evidence that you support Razor Review with Blake and the Pork by getting something in the public a picture, something on TV, a video, or something on radio. I don't care. You send us the examples demonstrating and promoting Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork, and you'll send it in to us, and we're going to judge what the best ones are each week, and we're going to put some through for the finals, um, and there will be an overall winner. But we have some fantastic, fantastic prizes for this. First off, our one of our big sponsors, uh, Audio Technica, well, they have put up a turntable. Yep. Um, which is actually going to be one of the prizes, which is fantastic, just fantastic equipment. Um, we've also got the Pork's special homegrown, home-pickled jalapenos. Now, you might not think that's the best, but I make the world's best jalapenos, and you'll be getting a very large jar of the Pork's pickles, as we like to know them. Arnie J, as we've said before, not only when he's, I mean, he's in remand at the moment, hopefully he'll come out, but he is a beekeeper, and the honey the is good. You're going to get some Arnie J honey. I don't know. They're, they'll be running wild at this stage, but we always knew he's in trouble. We've got a John Sharkey shoot the light out, shoot out the lights LP signed, as well as a John Sharkey t-shirt signed. These are limited edition. They will be worth lots. We've got a Matt Hollywood, Heather Locklear, and Neves 8 by 10 glossy signed for the winner. I mean, you can't get those because he's making it specially just for this competition. Uh, we've got a land speed record voucher. We've got an Ask Clown Beanie, the last one that's out there. And we have Lord Funkington's cast for when no, he did his Achilles with Raiders no, by 56 written no, on no, it. No, I don't want to have to handle that in any way, shape or form. 
you don't have to handle that because you're not going to win. No, but I don't want to handle that. In spite of that, you're an ass clown. Now, you'll take a picture, you'll get the evidence, and you will tag it onto Twitter or onto Facebook. And your hashtags are, and, and the, you know, like you leave. You send it. We, we need to, but that's your department. Blake and the pork. You send it into the Twitter. That's all one word. Or and you can use the hashtag tag, place your pork, or if you prefer, show your ass with ass being a r s e on this one because that's not the one I I want. I like place your pork and send it into us, and we're going to decide who the winners are. No correspondence will be entered into, although we may have a poll just to you know shore things up. But basically, um, we'll we'll decide. It's going to be great. Um, so get your entries in, people. Now, coming up, the Raiders have a run of very easy matches. I, I assume by, you know, we'll win this weekend and all these rest <laughs> ones will have eight points to be back in the final. So we've got the Sharks coming up Magic Round, Sunday, 15th of May, 150. Suncorp speaking Stadium. of Magic Round, yes, speaking of Magic Round, there's a special um, meetup organised for anyone that's going to be in Brisbane or heading up to Brisbane for Magic Round. Uh, it's at the Paddo the iconic um, Brisbane Hotel, which is just around the corner from Lang Park. And uh, so there's a special event. It's, it's organised by um, The Greenhouse and Matt Cleary, author of The Book of the Milk. And, uh, yeah, they're going to have a bit of a, a celebration. Which is a term we won't be using. No more milk, no more milk, no more blue in the jerseys, no more milk. But you can go up look at forks. this book if you want. That's a new one, Up the Forks. Um, but, yeah, so David Shillington's going to be there speaking. Matt Wood, your old mate, your old high school mate, was he? Is that right, Tim? That Matt Wood. Oh, no, that's Craig Norenberg. Oh, mate. right, right. Dixon College, Matt Wood, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. I, I went to school with Brad Clyde. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> but yeah, it's, it's, it's an event. It starts at 11. Uh, lunch is 11.30. You pay 50 bucks. You get a beer, you get a burger, and you get a signed copy of the milk book. Sounds like no, a fantastic event. And if you're very lucky... You'll get to meet GE, who runs the greenhouse in person. And I got to tell you, people, there are very few people who impress me more than Green Eyed. He's 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 a man amongst men. Um, just just brilliant. So get along to that event. Um, after that, after Magic Round, we play the Rabbits in Dubbo on Sunday, twenty second of May at two p.m. Then we come home on Sunday, 29th of Win. May, and we play the Eels at home. Yes, that's win. six, six. Just chalk up the six yeah, points yeah. So now. All of those will obviously win. So we've got we got four wins. Yeah, we got eight points uh, right there. I'm not, so I'm not too confident about this about. game against the Bulldogs. But definitely Sharks, Magic Round. No, and, mate, maybe just yeah, six rabbits points. And, and, <laughs> Sharks, para. Yeah. Rabbits and eels. South, it's easy. Win, it's, win, all, win. it's all very easy. Yeah. So it's going to be fantastic. Look, once more, you have been listening to the podcast, formerly known as the third most popular Raiders podcast on the internet, Raiders Review with Blake and the pork and it's it's just been delightful talking at you again hasn't it lads it's it's I'm going to the gym. The no, I'm actually looking at Raiders <laughs> tweets right now, to be honest. I'm literally looking at where, tweets where, about where, so, outside. So when you're, when you're and, hitting, when you're yeah, hitting well, um, LA on a Tuesday night, we like the Rainbow Bar and Grill or the Viper Room? Yeah, Jumbo's Clown <laughs> Room. You know, there's, there's a whole bunch of places you can go here. <laughs> yeah, Look well, up Jumbo. I'm very much hoping. You've listened to the podcast this late then. Next time I will be over COVID. And that Blake will admit by that stage that he's an idiot. 
If, I, if, I'm, anyway, if I'm such an idiot, if I'm such an idiot, you think all my ideas and my suggestions are so terrible, why do you always text them to Ricky as your own work? Once more, and you make up shit all the time. This is what you do all the time. You know, all the time. All you talk the freaking this time. crap all the time. This is this is why you got no friends. So you can print that on a pineapple and shove it up your ass. Anyway, you've been listening to the podcast, formerly known as the third most popular Razors podcast, Razors View with Blake and the Pork. And for some reason, we'll talk to each other again soon. Blake and the Pork. Blake and the Pork.